The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by the inspiring team at Author Accelerator. There's never been a better time to get serious about that book idea that's been rattling around in your head. And working with an Author Accelerator book coach is the best way to write forward. Author Accelerator book coaches give writers feedback, deadlines, and step-by-step guidance while you write so that you can actually finish your book. Your book coach will give you the customized tools and blueprints to success that are so often lacking in the traditional publishing world. And if you think book coaching sounds like a gig you'd like to do, many authors and copywriters have the exact skill sets needed to become great book coaches themselves. Author Accelerator offers intensive book coach training and master classes so that you can help other writers reach their goals. Just head over to authoraccelerator.com slash writerfiles for more info and to get a free seven-day writing challenge to start mapping out your own book. That's authoraccelerator.com slash writerfiles. It's why I got into television in the first place. It's why I love television is, is writing is a solitary, you know, sport where you, you know, it's, it's, it's you kind of staring at your screen and kind of, you know, trying to get into, into the script and television is a place where you don't have to do that alone. Yeah. Television is a place where, you know, for me, what it, what it, what it has always been is about creating this collaborative community that, that is there in, in its purest form to, to lift each other up when we are, when we are at our lowest points. Because it's truly like, you know, yes, the term showrunner is, is, is my official title, but it's like, you can't do it without, without an entire staff of people all working in sync together. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am still your host, Kelton Reed. And in part two of this file, the showrunner and executive producer of Netflix Daybreak, Aaron Eli Colite, returned to chat with me about what it takes to survive high school at the apocalypse, paying his dues in Hollywood, and the collaborative nature of world building and script writing for TV. Aaron's a comic book writer, TV writer, and producer best known for his work on the popular NBC series Heroes and the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. His latest is the dark zombie comedy series Daybreak, starring Matthew Broderick, co-created with Brad Payton for Netflix. It's been called Mad Max meets Ferris Bueller's Day Off and is based on Brian Ralph's graphic novel series of the same name. 
In addition to multiple other projects in development, Aaron has helped co-develop and produce the newest version of Lock and Key for Netflix, including co-writing the first episode with comic book series creator Joe Hill. In part two of this file, Aaron and I discussed secrets behind how a hit Netflix show is written and produced, why the writers on Daybreak are like an elite special forces unit, the importance of diverse voices in TV writing, how the hero's journey plays such a big part in episodic storytelling, why Aaron got into TV writing early in his career, and his advice to aspiring scribes looking to break into television. And do me a huge favor, if you want to support the show, just pop over to survey.libsyn.com slash writerfiles and fill out that short seven-question survey so we can learn a little bit more about you. That's survey.libsyn, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com slash writerfiles. It's very simple and it helps a lot. And that link is also in the show notes. I thank you ahead of time. If you missed the first half of this show, you can also find it in the show notes, the archives at writerfiles.fm, and you can find the last 100 episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you pod. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs Head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. There's so many shows right now. There's so, like, Daybreak is launching at a time when... (laughs) There is so much on, yeah. um, and and even a whole new network appeared. <laughs> right, <laughs> Apple, you know, Apple TV appear a new network happened as we launched. <laughs> you know, a week right. after we launched, there's a, oh, there's a there's a whole other network now that we have to compete with, mm-hmm. and so I did want to make sure, like in this time when there's so much competing for your eyeballs, like I I wanted to make sure that I took the biggest swing that I could take. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely um, uh, a lot of fun. I want to say, um, listeners, if you haven't checked it out, definitely pop over to Netflix and watch Daybreak and try to pick out some of these references that we're talking about as you go along. If you're ready for it, get grab a, grab a notebook and uh, try to drop some of it. There's so many great, great um, kind of filmic and, and pop culture references. Of course, you probably have to be of a certain age to get some of them, but many of them are, are very relatable because they're movies and, and TV shows that we've all watched before. But we go on and on about that, I'm sure. But I think really what I want to talk to you about is kind of the process of how this uh, show is made and how, how shows like these are made, you know, starting kind of in the, in the writer's room and, and mm-hmm. how you've worked with, you know, obviously a staff of writers to create this show and then, and then you know, what the next project is for you. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, we have a really, you know, we have a relatively unique writing process on the show in that, that everybody writes uh, basically on every episode. Um, and it's a really, it's a really communal act. Um, and I want to talk about that in a second. The other thing I want to mention is like, is in, in creating my writer's room, in reading, in, in reading samples, 
this was about creating a room that was in, incredibly diverse of levels, of experience, of backgrounds. You know, one of the things about the show that was important to me is, is that it had genuine voices. I mean, I'm a guy who grew up in Encino in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> And, and then I made the big move to Sherman Oaks when I was a teenager. So that's a, you know, that's a radically different move from Encino to Sherman Oaks. For people who don't know, it's like 10 miles, maybe. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, 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 the Jewish California Valley Boy experience, I can tell that story in, in, in spades. Right. What I can't tell are, are other people's experiences growing up. You know, that needs to come from a very genuine place. And so when I'm reading samples... I'm looking for strong voices. I'm looking to create a, a writer's room that is filled with very different people who can come together to create the show because I really believe that everybody's biography influences their writing, influences their stories, influences their references. And, and it's only through that creative collaboration of, of sharing all of our life stories together in a way that, that feels like group therapy sometimes. Um, <laughs> honestly, that you get anything that's really genuine and real. Yeah. And that is, and that was kind of really the DNA of the show was baked into, into the writer's room yeah. and it transferred over into, you know, kind of the style of how we write, which is we break the stories all together and that's a very traditional thing, but how we break stories is also very segmented, um, keeping the serialized alive so that, you know, if you break down any one of our scripts, most of the stories are, are, you know, they're, they're fairly siloed. They have some crossover, but like we have a, we have a flashback story. We have a current day, a story we have, and usually we have a B and C story going along with that. So, and, and those are really care. Those are all very, very character-based stories. So once we kind of went from breaking the stories to actually writing in order to generate, not only in order to generate scripts very quickly, but also to get everybody caught up on the voice of the show and the tone of the show, you know, I want people writing immediately. Just because your name's not on the episode does not mean you shouldn't be writing on that episode. Because mm -hmm. there's nothing that is worse in my experience than, you know, maybe your episode seven, maybe your episode eight. You're like waiting on deck for your chance to write, and yet you really haven't been participating in the writing process. You've been observing it, but you haven't been participating. You haven't been actually putting, you know, di getting into the head of the characters and getting dialogue. And so this, for me, is this method, and it's a method that I kind of learned on Heroes. It's how we did it on Heroes, was everybody kind of took a character and were able to write that character all the way through. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of it, I think the strength of our scripts, especially in that first season, is based on how everybody was writing scripts. And because in this method, we are able to generate these scripts relatively quicker than, than a single writer writing you know, a, a draft can take weeks. Especially, you know, one writer looking at like, okay, here's a 20-page outline. I've got to turn this into a, a 45, 50-page script. And it's all on me to do that is a daunting task. <laughs> It's like you yeah. and you're just like, okay, how do I, how am I going to, okay, this, this takes weeks. This takes time. I mean, even for the fastest writer, it takes time. If you're looking at, oh, I have five scenes to write. I can do five scenes in, in a day, maybe two, you know, two days, three days at most. So you can be looking at a script really quickly 
and you can know, oh, did we break this correctly? Did we, did we, did, where did we fall down? Oh, how do we connect these things? Because I think the thing that, that I'm most concerned in with writing is, is iterating that, hmm. that it's a constant process of, of revising and revising and revising and revising until you get it to a place that you're ready to shoot. And even then, by the way, it's still revising. <laughs> and yeah. even then, after you've shot in editing, it's still revising. It's a living, breathing thing basically until it's on air and they pull it away from you. And you're, you know, I never want to feel like I'm done. I want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly pushing the material, constantly pushing the characters, constantly pushing, like, what can we do? How can we mine more emotion out of this? How can we mine more laughs out of this? Like, how can we push this? to be what it needs to be. And so for me, that is by generating this material or like having a writing staff all be able to be in an open, really caring environment um, of community where you feel safe to share these stories, mm -hmm. putting those on paper, being able to see the work so quickly so that you have the time. By having a script earlier, you have the time to actually okay, now I can rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it before production gets their hands on it and you get it into that process. So we have very finely honed scripts even before we're going to shooting. Yeah. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Well, as it's been described, it kind of pushes the boundaries of storytelling in about every way imaginable you know, the kind of the POV and, and breaking the fourth wall and, and, um, all that is, uh, you know, it's just, it's very entertaining and, um, definitely working for, I think what you're trying to do, uh, you know, was with that character development. And as you kind of described it, you know, each character is in their, is they're in their own 
movie, right? And they're kind of living their own hero's journey in a way. Exactly. And uh, yeah, no, I heard you reference also Dan Harmon, who I who I find fascinating, um, kind of his process. And, you know, he, I think, leans pretty heavily on that mono, you know, the hero's journey yeah. kind of template for each show. I remember looking at kind of a, a diagram of, you know, how he takes the protagonist on that journey of self-discovery each for each show. And I'm referring back to, I think, community and, and yeah, I think he does it on Rick and Morty too. I like I've seen some mm-hmm. I've seen some some awesome uh videos of of his story circle and how and his process. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's it's it is very each episode seems to be very much about the the monomyth and 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 the hero's journey and 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 how you do that. Yeah. Um <laughs> those are amazing. Like I, I love I love his work. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah, of course you're you're tapping into that and uh of course, Kurosawa did that, and obviously um, George Lucas, and mm-hmm. uh, more famously. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's I think that's really working, and and it just taps into something that we all, you know, obviously we all we, we all went through high school, at least all of us yeah. of a certain age. Um, I'm a Gen Xer myself. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a harrowing. It's all it's. I think it's harrowing for everybody in a sense, regardless of whether you're you know, the top of the packing order or, or you know, which um, click you, you belong to. But um, it's, it's really cool to see it from, from all those different perspectives. And the writers obviously worked very hard to uh, do that successfully. Right. Were you in, were you working in New Mexico shooting yeah, some shot of this? Albu- we shot in Albuquerque. You know, I set it in Glendale partially because, partially because I grew up in the, in the San Fernando and San Gabriel Valley. So it was like, this is my home. I know how to write my, <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know how to write my, my, my home and, and the references there and, and kind of the culture. And it's also this amazing melting pot of, of like Armenian culture and, and, and Latinx culture. And, and so it gave, it, it has this ability of being a microcosm for the entire world writing. Mm-hmm. Glendale. And of course, you know, selfishly, I live very close to Glendale. And so I thought, if I sh- if I set a show in Glendale, maybe we'll shoot it in Los Angeles. <laughs> but, but but that is not the current state of the industry, <laughs> where you can actually do that. So much to my wife and my and my kids' chagrin, which they kind of didn't. They're like, "Wait, it takes place in Glendale, and you're going to Albuquerque to shoot this? This, <laughs> this doesn't seem to make exact sense." Mm-hmm. Um, but Albuquerque is a is a very strong double for for Glendale and for the Valley, and with some very like seamless CG, we were able to some, do some really good set extensions and and really capture what Glendale feels like. I feel absolutely, yeah. So you have talked some about your 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 own personal writing process, but you, you and I think you mentioned that you're kind of more of a, a morning right, like you're more productive in the morning. I'm more productive. I mean. I'm basically I'm more productive first thing in the morning and last thing at night. I've kind of gotten into this rhythm of <laughs> I put the kids to bed, I say goodnight to my wife, and then I go downstairs into my my dark writing cave and mm-hmm. and I'll stay up reading scripts, giving notes, writing uh, into the you know into the wee hours. Mm-hmm. And then I'll wake up first thing in the morning and whatever I wasn't able to kind of either finish that night or was really was really, you know, messing with my head that night, I'll sleep, 
I usually wake up in the morning and as I'm, as I wake up or I'm taking a shower, it's like, oh, there's this, the solution usually presents itself. So then I'll, I'll, I'll spend the morning writing as well. Like where I'm dead, <laughs> it's that middle afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, kind of post lunch, like trying to do anything post lunch is like, like, no, that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, so I usually give up and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't, and have stopped almost trying at that moment because it's like attempting to like, you know, get anything done then. Uh, when your brain is just like, you know, I'm in a food coma and I'm tired and you're not going to get much out of me, <laughs> right? especially in terms of writing. So that's also like when I like to schedule a lot of my room time is in that afternoon. I like to like start the day with the room and kind of be able to, you know, set forth like, hey, here's what we're trying to, to accomplish. And in um, the afternoon, spend more time with the writers because while I might not be able to execute on page, uh, there's definitely nothing that I love more than being in the writer's room and talking about story and talking about like how to make, how to make stories better and kind of that process of it's, it's why I got into television in the first place. It's why I love television is, is writing is a solitary, you know, sport where you, you know, it's, it's, it's you kind of staring at your screen and kind of you know, trying to get into, into the script and television is a place where you don't have to do that alone. Yeah. Television is a place where, where, you know, for me, what it, what it, what it has always been is about creating this collaborative community that, that is there in, in its purest form to, to lift each other up when we are, when we are at our lowest points, because it's truly like, you know, Yes, the term showrunner is 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 my official title, but it's like I, you can't do it without without an entire staff of people all working in sync together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, how many writers um, did you work with on Daybreak? Daybreak had a really small staff. It was if it was me plus five. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was cool. the smallest staffs that, that I've had. And part of that was part of that's by design. I think that there is something in <laughs> in having writers rooms that are too big because you get competing voices and and you have people who feel like I don't have anything to like I need to talk. And sometimes the, the need to talk can skew a whole conversation <laughs> into mm-hmm. some place where it didn't need to go. It's like it's the it's about chemistry and about numbers and like when 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 you get the exact right number of people that need to be in the room together, it, it, then it's magical because even then, you know, you get people who are like, I can be silent right now. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to contribute. I can, I can listen and contribute soon. And, and you get people who, you know, and you get, you know, you, you find people who gravitate to, to certain characters, to certain stories. Um, but at least, you know, with, with this number, it felt like, like, oh, this is like, this is like an elite unit of writers and we can kind of storm mm-hmm. the castle because we're not an unwieldy troop, like, <laughs> you know, lumbering forward. It's like, no, this is like, <laughs> this is, this is a good, like SEAL team unit. Like, it's like, we can be, we can be agile and, and we can split off and, and we can, and we can handle all the writing workload at the same time as, but it's, it's also not small enough that like. Because that's the other danger. It's like when you have a small staff, it's like, okay, everybody's off writing their scripts or working on separate things. And then the writing room diminishes to like one or two people who are left behind going like, what do we do? It's, yeah. just, it's, just, it's just one or two of us here trying to man the store and push the story forward. And, and, and that doesn't work either. Interesting. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so talk a little bit about, you know, maybe writers who aren't familiar with writing for uh, television, talk a little bit about starting out with, you know, kind of the Bible and kind of the rules of the world and that that type of, you know, the genesis of, of you know, how you steer the ship. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, one of the things that certainly was the case in this show and the case in that I'm finding more and more often is the Bible, the rules of the world. A lot of that has to be delivered to Netflix, to, to the, to the network, even before you start your writer's room is you, you know, as a show creator, you need to have a very, very clean and very clear vision of, of what you want the show to be like, not only be like in the larger sense of, of, Oh, this is what is going to happen in the show. But it's like things that are invisible, like tone and emotion, need to be really clear in world building. Um, and that was super, super important in, in, in building Daybreak because we are going after a tone that is extremely elusive <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and, and hard to, you know, kind of hard to express. But the ability to co- kind of go into executives and, and, and by the way, I should say, like, we have the most wonderful executives that I've ever worked with. At Netflix, they've been nonstop supportive. Uh, Stacy Silverman and Cole Galvin—they're a dream for a writer because what you want is, as a writer, is somebody who is going to be, you know, absolutely will call you out when something's not working, but supportive of of a shared vision of what you are trying to accomplish, so that we're all rowing in the same direction. And and that happened right from the get go, and especially when it comes to terms of like of tone and understanding. This is a unique show. This is a show that is balancing humor, horror, and heart in, and trying to do it in equal parts and trying to make you laugh at the beginning of the season and trying to make you cry by the end of the season. And to get them to understand that, you know, you have to use references, you have to, you have to use specifics of what's going to happen. And then in the genre parts of, of our world, for example, with the ghoulies, like you have to set up the rules. And so all that really needs to be clear before you get a green light, because the worst thing in the world that can happen is you sell, you know, a a network on your concept and they think that they've heard something else than you pitched. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. they start reading scripts and they're like, well, this isn't the show we bought. And it's like, really? (laughs) It's the show I thought I sold you. So then when you're on different pages from from Jump Street, like you're it, it becomes harder and harder to execute. So, so making sure even before the writer's room starts, that that is, that that is incumbent on like 
okay, we all are agreeing on what this show is, is attempting to endeavor to do. And then once the writer's room starts, we spent both in season one and, you know, we've been started, you know, we don't have an official season two pickup. We do have a writer's room going um, and are, you know, ready. But it's about spending those first, you know, for, for us, it was basically the first four weeks, spend a month on world building, on character building, on season building. And not getting into even, you know, nitty gritty of episodes and beats, you know, kind of you venture there, you, you naturally venture there and, and talk about those stories, but it's about taking the time necessary to construct like all the little details that you see in scripts are, are occur because we spend time talking about character arcs, where they go. Um, we spend time talking about, about tone, you know, we start pitching like, well, this story is too, that story is too bleak and too, and way too dark for our, for our wish fulfillment show. Like I remember hearing some pitches about Angelica when we were breaking Angelica's episode that were like, oh, oh, that's like, no, no, (laughs) that is, that's not the show. Let's steer it more towards, towards what the show is. And that's when we get into, like, we knew that we wanted her to have this kind of Martin Scorsese voiceover, <laughs> Goodfellas style <laughs> voiceover from very early on. But it's like, okay, well, then what kind of story are we telling with that? And when we kind of started to hit upon, okay, we're doing we're doing Goodfellas meets Breaking Bad, and she's going to be selling drugs to get friends, which is <laughs> you know the most twisted way that we could think of of getting friends is by being their drug dealer. But how is she distributing the product and and understanding like? Well, my own kids are going, you know, they go ape over, over slime and yeah. they, they make it, they trade it, they sell it in schools. It became a problem. And I was like, oh, that's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it through this slime phenomenon. And that felt like the show. And we only kind of knew it when we hit upon it. What felt right that it was like, yeah, it's a little dark and twisted because she's dealing drugs. Obviously, that's not <laughs> that's. Mm. That's not like we're not doing seventh heaven, but (laughs) at the same time, (laughs) at the same time, you know, we're like, it needs to have this level of humor that you you're laughing at it at the same time as you're thinking it's up. So, (laughs) you know, it takes time to key in on that. And so building building the Bible, building the character, building, you know, and this isn't just like getting into like breaking the story. This is like this is like looking at the whole scope of the show. And so we did that for a month. And then when we, so we did have, we did write a Bible, but really where, where it came down to was, you know, it wasn't about like, I didn't want to hand a Bible over to Netflix. I invited Netflix over into, into our writer's room and, and had basically a two hour conversation where I pitched them the season and the world. And I'm a, a big believer in, in full transparency with your network and your studio. Like they are not the enemy. They are not, you know, there to, to, to judge what you're doing. They are there to be active participants in the process. They are just as creative as anybody on your, on your production staff by sharing all your problems with them and saying things like, look, the script's going to be a little late because I'm just not feeling it yet. You know, I'm not there yet. And I don't want to, you know, I know I told you you'd have it now, but I'm, I, I'm not ready. Um, by being really upfront and honest and not getting caught in, in any kind of like trying to sell them (laughs) anything Mm -hmm. that you're not, 
it allows for this really honest conversation to happen. So, and I want them to be a part of that. I want them to see the hard work that everybody is doing. So, you know, inviting them into the writer's room, showing them, here are all our note cards. Here's all the work that we've done. Let me step you through every single beat of this season and the world and the rules so that they can be active participants instead of just being like, hey, I'm going to give you, here's this, <laughs> here's our, here's our 75 page Bible. You're going to read it over the weekend. And by the way, probably on your weekend read, you also have 10 other pilots to read and, mm -hmm. and probably 10 other shows to watch. So I don't want to get buried in that pile. I want to be able to have really honest and, and fruitful conversations. So that's why I, I always invite them into the room and try to make them as much a part of the process as any of our writers are. That's amazing. Well, it's a cool look behind the curtain at what you do. And um, I will just mention the Netflix series once again is Daybreak, living his best life in post-apocalyptic LA. Slacker strives to find the girl of his dreams while outwitting mindless ghouls and cliquish gangs. It doesn't really, you know, uh, there's so much more to this show, but it is a fantastic uh Watch, check it out. Stars Colin Ford, Olivia Allen Lind, Sophie Simnet, and uh, Matthew Broderick. That was so cool that you got him on there. Pretty rad. Thank you so yeah. much for, for, for saying that. It really is. It's a really wild show. Give it a chance. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a ride. Yeah, it's, it's indescribable and um, just a lot of fun. Kudos to you and Brad Pitt and your, your co-creator there. Yeah, so before we wrap up, I know you got to go, and I could probably pick your brain all day long. But yeah, what would you, you know, offer? I know you've paid your dues and it's like, um, it obviously shows, but uh, what would you say to aspiring TV writers just on, you know, I don't know, breaking through and, and getting getting something into somebody's hands that, that uh, might earn them a uh, position or writing room? The, the thing that I would say is keep writing. <laughs> I, you know, I am a really firm believer that anyone can do this. I don't think I'm especially unique or especially talented, <laughs> honestly. I think I'm, I, I learned by, by reading a lot of scripts, by watching a lot of television, and by constantly writing, you know, and never, never, you know, never really stopping. I don't think that there's a day that has gone by that I haven't written a little bit at least, whether it's for a job or for, or for, or for trying something new. I have a stack in my garage of, and I've, I, I just recently saw them and they, they give me, they, they, <laughs> they terrify me. I have 16 uh, spec scripts that I wrote while I was an assistant, hmm. you know, kind of everything from a law and order SVU to a Smallville to an Ed to a Buffy to an animated Jackie Chan adventure spec. Yes. <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> because I was like, maybe I'm going to be an animation writer. I love Jackie Chan adventures. Like maybe I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, it was, and I think that process and digesting all of that, that, that media and keep on trying to understand like what makes a script a script? What makes a scene a scene? What makes dialogue sing and, and write? and work it can only happen if you keep at it and and you can learn you can really make yourself a better writer by just doing it 
I know it's an age old price. You know, it's an age old, you know, saying this of like a writer writes, but it's true. It's like nothing's going to happen if you if you don't keep at it and nothing's going to happen also, if you don't keep on moving on and generating more content and generating new scripts and new ideas and trying, trying your hand at different genres. I mean, if, 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 if Daybreak has proved anything to me, it's that you have to be fearless about trying to push yourself to do things that are way out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So just keep writing. Just keep at it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that is the most important thing at the end of the day. Well, I think that is a, a great place to wrap up. And thank you so much for all of your your wisdom and uh we uh hope that you can come back again talk about another project and you've got a lot in the hopper and I, I mean i could probably pick your brand for an hour about working with joe hill or something um congrats on the uh podcast i think you're you're also working on a uh, podcast for daybreak the podcast just launched today you have to watch the oh, show wow. to yeah. really get into the podcast uh awesome. it's nice supplemental material but like it like talk about a channel like I had no idea what I was doing. Like it was <laughs> writing a podcast awesome. was one of the hardest things I've ever had to write because it's we'll like, see. you're, you're basically asking me to, you know, one of the things that is my major weapon is, is in writing is making a cinematic experience and visuals. And, and you're taking that weapon away. It's like tying a hand behind my back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be super curious to pick your brain about that one. So yeah, we'll have to have you back, but thank you. I know you have to go. I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Aaron, have a wonderful day and uh, we'll chat at you again another time. Awesome. Thank you, Kelton. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of the Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can always leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm where we also humbly ask you to support the show with a secure donation to help us keep going. Just click the little yellow PayPal donate button over at writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. And thank you.